Hello world and welcome to the Overtone Warp Zone. This podcast is for people who enjoy games, love music, and want to know more about how their favorite songs work. In season one, we're taking a look at musical concepts found in pieces from Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. I'm Dan Bergman, and let's get started. An episode on this tune is long overdue. Please enjoy Toby Fox's Megalovania from Undertale. The legacy of Undertale is fascinating to me. I'm incredibly impressed by the developer, Toby Fox, who not only scored the entire game's soundtrack, including Megalovania, but developed the entire game. He's the designer, developer, producer, programmer, everything, except for the bulk of the art, which was done by Temi Chang and some others. It's hard to know where to start when discussing this game, so let's just start here. Undertale began as a Kickstarter project launched in June of 2013, and it raised an initial $51,124, over a thousand percent of the fundraising goal. There are many reasons for its initial success. One is that Toby was able to provide demos to some famous Twitch streamers and YouTubers in the fundraising stage, and word of mouth spread like crazy. Also, Toby was known previously for his musical contributions to a webcomic called Homestuck and various ROM hacks, including famously Earthbound Halloween Hack. ROM hacking is the process of modifying a ROM image or file of a video game and altering graphics, dialogue, and other elements of the game. 
This Halloween ROM hack is notable when it comes to our song of the episode. Originally, Toby was supposed to use a song called Megalomania from a Super Famicom RPG called Live Alive, or Live Alive, or something. There's no official English pronunciation. Instead, Toby sang random stuff into a microphone that ended up being heavily inspired by the song Gadobadorer from a different Super Famicom RPG called Brandish 2. That random stuff he sang turned into a song called Megalovania. Taking the name Megalomania from the previously mentioned song, meaning a delusion about one's power, mashing it together with the word Transylvania, because the ROM hack was about Halloween, and getting Megalovania. This is what it sounded like in the 2008 ROM hack Earthbound Halloween hack. After a few more iterations, this song became used in Undertale, the version that we know today. This blows me away. I mean, some guy who originally wrote a song for a hacked version of Earthbound, which is a game published by Nintendo, has his song featured in a fully licensed Nintendo game 11 years later. What a wild world we live in. Undertale was released in September of 2015, and it quickly became a cult classic with some reviews calling it one of the top games released that year. Aside from the stellar soundtrack, there are many reasons the game was successful, including the unique characters, the clever writing, and the innovative combat system. The plot, characters, and humor are absurdist and memorable in nature. The combat features bullet hell game mechanics, where players have to move a small heart, representing their character's soul, away from danger. And the combat doesn't have to be done in a traditional way. In other words, you don't have to kill the enemy monsters. The character who has become the embodiment of Undertale, and has captured the hearts of memers the world over, is Sans. He's a hoodie-clad skeleton monster whose goal is to capture any humans in the underground, a place that monsters were banished to by humans long ago. Sans himself is a fascinating topic. I mean, why is this character so popular? I think he's instantly lovable because when you first meet him, rather than ratting you out to his human-obsessed brother, he pulls a prank on you and tells groan-worthy puns. He helps you along the way and appears laid back and nonchalant. But there's more to him than being quirky. Until this music is over, there are Undertale spoilers, so if you want to avoid them, skip ahead 30 seconds. Sans is also very mysterious. 
When you finish Undertale and start again, there are only two characters that remember your previous actions, and Sans is one of them. He has some knowledge about the player and the world that doesn't seem to be fully revealed throughout the game, and he gets suddenly eerily serious at certain points, counter to his typical comedic mood. Beyond that, there is the boss fight against him. Undertale has three different main endings. The pacifist ending, where you find ways to avoid every fight, the neutral ending, and the genocide ending, where you kill everything. It's this last ending that Sans arguably has the biggest impact. He confronts the player at the end of the game, denouncing their actions and acting as a final boss, and the most difficult fight in the game. He's got a glowing eye, a crazy gun hand thing, and best of all, is the music of this fight. The spoilers end here. Best of all, Sans is associated with THE Undertale track, Megalovania. Smash Bros. Update 5.0.0 came on September 4th, 2019. On that day, Sakurai posted a video highlighting the newly released Banjo and Kazooie, as well as the other features of the update, including a Sans Mii Fighter costume. And for the first time ever, the purchase of a Mii costume came with a music track for the game. Right on the heels of the excitement of the first ever Western composer to write a song specifically for Smash Bros, that being Grant Kirkhope's Spiral Mountain, we get the announcement that a second Western composer arranged a song for Smash, that being Toby Fox with Megalovania. That's right, the version in Ultimate is very similar to the one in Undertale with a couple of changes. Most notably, there's a new orchestral section in the middle of the tune. There's also a guitar solo following that that quotes some leitmotifs of the game. First we hear Heartache or Asgore, which plays when you fight... Well, maybe I won't spoil that. And then we hear Bone Trussle, which plays when you fight Sans' brother Papyrus. Side note. As part of this Banjo-Kazooie video, Sakurai casually mentions that Toby Fox came to his house to play him in Smash Bros, and was the most talented guest of the game that he's ever had. I mean, what can't this man do? Another side note. You might wonder why Undertale, of all Western games, would find representation like this in Smash. Turns out, Undertale is not just popular in the West, but in the East as well. During certain weeks of sales on the PlayStation Network in Japan, Undertale was the best seller, surpassing four Dragon Quest games on the top 10 list. By the way, the popularity of Dragon Quest in Japan is very hard to underestimate. Okay, let's get down to breaking this tune apart and figuring out what makes it tick. Let's have a listen to just the intro for now. The scale used in this song is extremely similar to that of our last episode, the pentatonic scale. 
specifically the minor pentatonic scale. Megalovania is in D minor, meaning the notes should be D, F, G, A, and C. If we listen back to the melody, we hear an additional note. It's the note G sharp. Or is it A flat? In any case, it's a tritone up from the root D, and it wouldn't appear in a D major or minor scale. What could this phenomenon be? Well, friends, this is none other than... Blues Scale. Typically, when we refer to the blues scale, we're speaking of the six-note scale that is virtually identical to the minor pentatonic scale with one addition, the flat five or sharp four above the root. The C blues scale would then be C, E flat, F, F sharp, G, and B flat. Of course, you could say G flat instead of F sharp. They're the same note, they're just spelled differently. The addition of the flat five adds a lot of color to the palette of musicians. We've talked a decent amount on this podcast about the nature of the tritone and how full of tension and dissonance it is. That makes this note perfect as a musician's tool to create a stronger release, because resolving from a place of tension, such as the flat five in a key that normally doesn't have a flat five, has a greater payoff. I'll show you what I mean. Let me play for you the intro to Megalovania as it's written, and then I'll play you a version that has no flat five so you can hear the difference. Here's the regular version. And here's the version with no flat five. Or maybe it might sound like this instead. Sounds much less tense without that blues note, doesn't it? All this being said, you don't want to linger too long in the tritone. Most performers use it as a passing note to land somewhere else. This scale has its roots in, you guessed it, the blues. This is a genre of music that originated in the deep south of the United States around the 1870s and was born from a variety of African-American and African musical traditions. Aside from the blues scale, another element that marked the genre as distinct was the lyrical content, with blues being a pseudonym for sadness and the lyrical content frequently depicting racial discrimination and other challenges faced by African-Americans. Another big distinction of the blues genre is a commonly used chord progression called 12-bar blues. While there are many variations on what 12-bar blues looks like, I'll talk about what might be the most common form. First off, the key is typically major, and most chords feature the flat 7 along with the triad. The first four bars are built on the root, followed by two chords built on the fourth scale degree of the major scale, and then two more on the root. The last four bars are typically built on the 5th, 4th, 1st, and 5th scale degrees. So in C major, the chords would be C7, 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 F7, F7, C7, C7, G7, F7, C7, G7. Then you repeat the progression as many times as you need.
blues scale can be used by instrumentalists to improvise solos over top of these chord changes, and typically a performer only uses one blues scale, the one based on the root of the key. You might notice that the scale may tend to clash with certain notes of the chords they end up playing on. For example, in the chord C7, the E flat of the blues scale clashes with the E natural of the C7 chord. This clash is part of the genre and is another element of tension that can be used by the composer or improviser. We talk even more about the 12 bar blues in episode 28 on walking bass. Take a look at that if you're interested in more. A powerful thing about the blues scale is that it's not something that stayed in the genre of blues. It has been widely used in jazz, which is derived from blues music, and in turn has been used in the countless derivative genres of jazz such as funk, fusion, Latin jazz, and so on. The scale has also been widely used in rock and roll, and its derivative genres of rock, pop, punk, essentially any popular music of the past century could have some usage of the blues scale in it. Of course, Megalovania is one of these instances. In fact, the main riff of the song is pretty much just straight up the blues scale descending, just lacking the flat 7. In fact, almost the entire melody sticks to the notes of this scale. There's just a couple of exceptions to fit the changing chords underneath, or to chromatically move around, with a little bit of that Phantom of the Opera vibe. So, there you have it. A simultaneously intense and silly tune for an intense and silly character. Make sure you take to heart the value of the blues scale from this episode. Otherwise, you're going to have a bad time. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the podcast or suggestions of a song or music topic. Leaving a rating or review on your podcasting platform is a great way to share that with me and helps Overtone Warp Zone gain some exposure. You can stay up to date on podcast news by visiting the website overtonewarpzone.com. If you found some enjoyment from this podcast and want to give your support, check out my Patreon at patreon.com slash overtonewarpzone. Until next time, keep playing. Keep playing.